best game you can name, and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. It's uh, Giles Bonnet here, I'm coach of the Canadian women's national team. Uh, Giles, uh, four years ago, the, the men's team qualified for the Olympics by beating New Zealand in that tremendous shootout. How big are the chances for the for the women's team to go to Tokyo as well? Um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 very difficult to say. It's 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 a hard. It's going to be a hard process. We're 21 in the world. Uh, that's the first thing. We haven't been exposed to top international events for some time in Canada. I've been working there now for one year. Um, but those will all be things that stand against you. Um, there are positives, there are a lot of good things, but one must be realistic about it, it will be very difficult. Through the Continental Championships, um, Argentina's a very good team, uh, just uh, regained Rotegi as the coach, some senior players back that make a big difference to their team. Um, they're finishing the Pro League, um, and then they will go into that tournament. USA is difficult. Chile's made fantastic progress um, as, a, as, a, as a team. So that'll be hard. And, and then the Pro League, uh, if one does well in the FIH finals, you've still got to play two games away from home against teams that have had fantastic exposure. So, yeah, I'd, it would be remiss for me to be too optimistic about it. I think what we are trying to do is to be as well prepared as we can be. Let's talk about Team Canada. Who, when, and why did somebody decide let's move the the whole program from Vancouver to Belgium. It's something that I've, I've been doing for a long time as a coach. It's uh, when I was coaching South Africa, we did a similar, we did something similar. Also when I was with the Chinese, we also did the same thing. In other words, the competition here in Europe is much stronger. The, the league competition, you have fantastic coaches, you have fantastic environments in your, um, in your club situations where you have physios, you have uh, assistant coaches, you have specialist trainers. Um, and one doesn't get that in other club environments, particularly in China, particularly in, in South Africa, but also in Canada. So the level's not there. So if you want to change the, um, your team and accelerate your progress, you need to look at the environment and create a high-performance training environment. Uh, Canada's too far away, nobody's going to come and visit Canada to play games, um, particularly when you're 21 in the world, um, so we had to look at something different and uh, um, I think the, the competition is getting stronger in uh, the honour division in Belgium, um, uh, we see that with the results now, um, it's very close in terms of the playoff teams, there's a couple of points in it. Um, we also wanted to look at an environment where we could make a difference. So it's not just that we want to uh, come into a certain environment and benefit from it. We want to also make a difference. Uh, I think the Canadians are um, uh, fantastic athletes. Um, uh, they're very loyal, um, incredibly hardworking, great work ethic. Um, and I think all those ingredients fit a little bit into the Bel Belgium culture in terms of clubs and what's, being re what's required. So when foreign players come in, often they're coming in and they're leaving, whereas we want to make sure that the, um, there's, there's a win-win situation for both the clubs and for ourselves being here. And I think to date that's, um, I think to date that's taking place, where there's a great rapport with the players. They know that their first priority is the clubs, um, and they must make a difference weekly in the competition. Um, and we're seeing that coming back um, out of their performances and also out of the... Um, yeah, the responses from the coaches. I think most of the coaches are, are quite satisfied with uh, the Canadian work ethic, 
how they're adapting to the tactics and what their contribution is. As you mentioned, it's not the first time that you put a program like this, just put everybody in the yeah. same country, in the same region um, and train for the national team. Um, are you astonished that other countries aren't doing the same? It uh, continually amazes me that um, it's not being done. If I look at Argentina men, if uh, Argentina men um, uh, had, I think, from 2000, all their players in Europe, and um, they won in, in, in Rio um, the gold medal. And that's because, and you know it, how many players play here, um, uh, and sometimes five, six in one club uh, for the men. So um, there, there's a reason. They've outsourced their, uh, their program uh, to Europe, and they've benefited from that, from fantastic coaching in the club, uh, being able to get together and play like we're doing tomorrow. We play Belgium in a training game. You, we could never do that. We played against, um, uh, we have games scheduled against uh, Scotland uh, that uh, we, we had scheduled going. We played against the Great Britain under 23 team who came here. So those are uh, great opportunities for us being together to train and then to play some training games. Uh, whereas you wouldn't have that opportunity unless you went to a tournament or went somewhere else. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think um, the league remains a strong league, and I, and I do think Belgium uh, on the men's side and the women's is making the steps needed to, to also interest top players to be here. The environment is very good in the clubs. The club environment is excellent, um, and I think the, the competition of the league gets higher and higher. And if you combine it like we're doing, with, uh, with uh, training, um, the players get better. So our players are improving every week. Why? Because of the combination of the matches they play, the club training, and what we're doing technically. Um, so I think that's a big benefit for everybody. We, we, we're getting a benefit out of it, but the clubs are also getting a strong benefit uh, out of it in terms of the, the weekly training because players make big steps technically. If you watch in the, in, on the long term, the girls who are playing under 21s, under 18s, I don't know if, if that really exists in Canada. Yeah. Isn't the gap, if you put this program, yeah, sure, let's say sure. we'll do it every, in a four year cycle, we'll do it in a, a pre World Cup year and a pre Olympic year. Mm. Would the gap, wouldn't be too big between the, the youth development teams and, and the national team? Quite right, uh, exactly. I mean, if I look back in Belgium in the past, I'm talking 15 years ago. Um, we did very well in the youth, in the youth teams to, compared to, to Holland, uh, there was not much difference. But the under-21s, the minute you left school, uh, your youth, and the gap between there and the seniors, that was too big. And under-21s were not as competitive um, because the program, there wasn't a program. Now you have a fantastic program for the youth. And you see that all the way through the lines, um, that, that has been uh, managed in a very good way. We're busy. We have 17 next-gen athletes, women, uh, ranging from 14 years up until the 21. Um, and they are benefiting from what we're doing here. So we send back video footage back to them. So they follow the same training. Um, and we are busy with that process. It will take us longer. Um, and what you almost probably see is now we have 21 players in Europe. If, and I won't be here uh, for Canada, but if Canada stays with the strategy, then you'll find that always it goes 21 and it'll come back to maybe 11, 12 players on an average in Europe. Um, and as people finish studying, then they can come over. So we have a lot of younger players that are at universities. They want to finish first. Then they're free to come over. And then that cycle will continue. And it also looks at um, if you have success, 
players stay longer. That's fantastically inspiring for younger athletes. And the same with Canada, you're 21 in the world, but when you're in the top 10, that's a different story. When you're starting to play for medals at the Commonwealth Games and you're winning medals, that's a different story. And those are all what is possible uh, for this very athletic country that has um, just followed a very poor uh, strategy in terms of their field hockey over a, over a decade. You know, they've been 26 years out of the Olympics and they've been for 20 years, 21 in the world. 20 years. If it was a business, you would have closed it down. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, which other countries would you recommend also training over here and do the national program here? Let the players play in, in China. 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 China is made up, I worked there for 12 years. China is made up of maybe 14 provinces that play hockey. And all those provinces are you training with 60 athletes, professional full time, in, a, in an isolated um, environment. And they don't play enough. They have three tournaments in a year. They have the league, the Champions Cup, they call it, and um, the tournament, which is the main. Those are three domestic tournaments. Outside of that, they have a national team, that uh, women's team, which is now playing the Pro League. Every two years, they resurrect an under-21 team. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. And uh, on the men's side, the provincial team that wins the tournament becomes the national team. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned it in the past. It's yeah, always difficult. So, okay, who's incredible. playing where? <laughs> it's incredible. So the team that you would have seen in the World Cup that did really well, mm -hmm. that, is, uh, that is from Nemo. That is uh, one team. And uh, to make it a little bit more plausible, they sometimes invite one or two other players just to keep the peace. But it's not the best team. And it's not running um, on a professional program. So what do they miss? They're fantastic athletes. Um, they don't make decisions for themselves. Uh, because they the hierarchy, the system, the culture, um, and they don't have enough tactical background. But if they were to play, even not even in the honor division, even in Division One here, and train technically, and play there, they would make a massive difference in that division. It would be a benefit for Belgium hockey because it helps that division to grow, um, and they would learn tactically in the club environment, and they would learn English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my first <laughs> uh, first thought that in maybe communication would be yeah. would be difficult. So we have four we have four players at Ukul mm -hmm. playing now, and uh, I'm a res bit responsible for that. Um, and I'm in discussions for a long time with China Hockey, um, and they've sort of went the down the German road a year ago, and they've decided to stop that. And now they are thinking again about, uh, but that that for China would be would be a, a game changer. I think it would be putting China into the top three in the world of hockey if they if they did that. I think two other countries come to mind for me: New Zealand men, yeah, and uh, and South Africa. Yeah, uh, South Africa is a big one. South Africa is a big one because uh, they. That's one South Africa, but there are others. There's, there's so many. Uh, Pakistan stands out for me. You know, I mean, if they want to become better, then they also need to be doing that and be able to have a training environment to play matches. But it could be very interesting dynamic. I mean, New Zealand's a classic example. So far away, the, the, to play matches for them is very difficult, um, and their level is, is, is high enough. Um, so they would make a big difference in your in your competition. So it's and it, I think. Half of the team is already playing in, in the Netherlands and, and Belgium. Half of is already playing, and the same with South Africa. Most is playing. I mean, I did this with South Africa women, um, and the most we got, and we, we didn't do it in Belgium. We did, a f actually, sorry, incorrect. We had a few players in Belgium, 
uh, about four or five, but with the most we got were 12 players because people had jobs or had university. And here with Canada, I've got 21, which strikes a chord because that tells you the commitment of the Canadians who also have private lives and other commitments, but 21 girls decided to come. They were not forced. It would not mean they would not be selected, but they took that choice. Um, I'm sure if you did this with the South African men, they would all agree to do it um, as well. Um, and you have a quite a big South African link, I think, in Belgium as well. Yeah, oh, it's a really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting discussion because I think if countries want to improve, um, there's no way, no doubt about the improvement that I've seen just with this group. Um, and it'll be interesting to see us when we start to play games. Um, it's unfortunate. Two years is too short a time. Um, you know, by the time we come up for Valencia, it will be a year and a half. But um, yeah, it'll be 18 months basically by Lima. But okay, we will, we will see um, what the difference is. And uh, we might not make it, but we're going to be very close, I think. Yeah, in June you played uh, the, the qualification tournament in uh, in Spain in Valencia. What are what are the predictions? How 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 are the odds for Canada? Um, and we're in a tournament with Spain, uh, South Africa and Italy. Uh, Belarus is also there, so is Namibia. Um, but we think that the teams that should compete will be around Italy, um, South Africa, ourselves and Spain, uh, with Belarus obviously picking up points if, you, if you're not sharp enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, we've played a, long time, a lot of times against South Africa over the last uh, year. Italy, we don't know. It's an interesting team, made up a lot of... Uh, Argentinian players, actually, um, so you could almost call it a second Argentinian team. Um, very skillful, very direct, uh, very dangerous team. I think uh, that's the little bit the unknown. And Spain's an excellent team. Um, so you've got to finish in the top two, and then you play the top four of the Pro League, um, and you'll play one of those teams depending on your ranking. So, uh, and those games will be away from home, effectively, for, for us as Canada. So. So it is a journey. Um, Valencia is in June and you will play those two games in October, November if you make it. And I think that's probably for us the route that we're looking for. Um, and the Continental Championship is a tough road. You've got to beat each of those teams. That's Chile, USA and Argentina. You've got to win three big games for us uh, to, to make it to Tokyo. But I think that's also the attraction of sport. Is the new road to the Olympics um, more difficult than it was with the, with the World League? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more difficult. I think now it's tougher, particularly with the Pro League. You know, the Pro League, if you look at the investment of those countries, it's close to a million euros to play, say 800,000 to play the Pro League. So you've got to have the money to play it. And once you start to play those games, um, those are one-off games. So you learn to win one-off games. So you're doing that regularly throughout a six-month progress. So that's, that's, that's you only normally get that experience when you're playing in a tournament where you come to the cross-pool uh, quarterfinals. And there you will have maybe two tournaments a year. Here you're doing it on a regular basis, okay, home and away. So I think the pro league teams are going to be very difficult to beat just based on the knowledge and the experience that they gain in the first six months of the year. So the gap, because normally the, the pro league teams are the better teams. Um, maybe Belgium is, uh, is the, the, the lucky the, the lucky team, the lucky team, <laughs> yeah. the stranger in the midst. But yeah. is the gap between the top teams and the teams who are just underneath the the top eight, top nine of the world, is isn't it growing due to the pro league? It, it will change. I, I'm absolutely sure about it. It's going to be harder to beat those teams uh, in the future, um, and and one will see that Belgium's always been a good team. Uh, but I think their acceleration in the last uh, 12 months has been quite remarkable. 
um, and they um, they're doing a lot of good things um, both on and off the field um, and if one looks at the the men's program and uh, replicating a lot of the good things that are coming out of that in the women's program. Uh, I saw today uh, they've just brought in Rule uh, Aaron from uh, Den Bosch as an assistant coach uh, for the women. So that'll also make a big difference because he has a lot of knowledge of the, the Dutch players and that's the team um, that will they also need to beat if they want to qualify directly. Um, so I think there are a lot of good strategic things taking place. Um, and uh, I think it will just be very difficult for the teams that don't participate in there. One is budget, two is what uh, tournaments are you able to play in that period. Uh, the FIH is not really allowing many tournaments to take place. If they are, you have to have approval for that. So uh, we played recently in China um, in January, and that was really difficult to get approval for those games to be official because the Pro League has certain rules that regulate that. They don't want other events cheering their event which is a sixth seventh month so you can appreciate that from a, a marketing exposure perspective but realize the impact that that will have on other events in, in in the year that could possibly be placed so how does it work when you decide let's let's all move to belgium do you have a network where you call um, different coaches and say, okay, um, I've got um, 16 or, or 20 players. Does it work like that or how does it work? Well, I think it's, it's a network's important to, to know different people who are looking at um, needing players, for instance, which players. Uh, I think it's more about what the club's requirements are. We're looking for a striker, we're looking for a slave pusher, or we're looking for a goalkeeper. Um, and then fitting in with those needs. Um, There, are, there were some clubs at the last minute that we had some players who decided they were going to come because also they had needed to leave their lives in Canada to come here. And that, that was not easy. Um, we were very fortunate we've got now 21 players here, um, which is, which is uh, one player in the under-19s here at Victory. We've got one player who's not playing in a club in the top, but just in, uh, I think, Division Two as a goalkeeper, just to be here to train. Um, and that gives us the benefit of having our full group almost together training, which we would not have otherwise. Um, so we can equate ourselves a little bit to uh, the national program of Belgium, for instance, where the national players are playing in the competition and then training during the week. So, you know, that advantage for us is, um, um, is pretty positive, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So word is out, okay, Canada is, wants to put their program in Belgium. Do um, do coaches of the top teams they they call you first? So okay, I want to have that player, that player, that player. Or no, I I think it worked. We had a small footprint in Leuven already, so that was already existing, and we've had some uh, Canadian men's players I think playing from time to time. Um, I think it was just reaching out to different coaches to say we're coming, we're going to be here. Um, are you interested in any of our players? Um, and then leaving it up to the coaches to say, right, our needs are we're looking for a low pivot or we're looking for an outside midfielder who has speed or we're looking for a defender who has a high ball. Um, you know, and, and that's really, I think, the way that it went. And uh, it started about six, uh, six months before the season started. So we, we were talking already in January. So a January, year, more yeah, than a year ago. More than a year ago um, and uh, sending video footage. People were looking at the video footage. Um, some people came to watch some of the games we played in the summer. So we had a big program here in the summer. And the intent of that program was also to make sure we could connect with those coaches. So I think we've done it in a, in a correct way with the right timing without rushing it. Um, and I think most of the 
clubs and coaches are satisfied with the players that they have. Um, there's always going to be a case where one or two will be looking at something different. Um, and that's really important for us. My message to the players is clear. It's really important you deliver on the weekend. And it's important that you don't miss any trainings, that you're there, that you're present, and that you're making the contribution within the club. Uh, we want to be here for a longer term, not a short term. Uh, we see this as a, a very good relationship, particularly with the visa op uh, possibilities with Canadians, a bit like the Australians, um, that it's easier to be here than other countries, uh, particularly as we move away from the tourism visa route. Um, and we can accommodate that uh, from a legal perspective uh, in terms of visa, which is really important. So we want to be here in a legal way. Uh, but on top of that, we want to make a contribution where people say, well, if I had a choice between a Canadian and an XYZ countries, we're going to choose Canadians because they're athletic, they're smart, they work incredibly hard, they make a contribution in the club, um, and they are part of our club system. Yeah, you said the, the level of the Belgian league is, is going up. We always think, yeah, the level is a bit poor. Are we misjudging the level of our competition? Or well, if, I, if I look at the, the, the men's competition, for example, then to vergelijk with the Dutch competition, I think um, a lot of the top teams, there's some fantastic top teams that you have in, uh, in, in the men's competition. And I think in the women, it's not perhaps the top four teams in Holland remain still better. Um, but if you took the top four teams out um, and then you looked at all the balance of the, the teams uh, going in, I think it would be very interesting to, to play a competition with the top six teams in, in Belgium and the women's on a division against those teams in a, in a tournament. And that would be very interesting to see what the result is. It's not like in the ideal world that your team that everybody will play in the Hof class. That's, that's, not, no. that's not the idea. No, and I don't think that's necessary for us. I think maybe for us, uh, some of our players could play there in those top teams and do well, but for some of our players, maybe it would be at this stage a little bit too far too early. It's not to say that in the future that's not an option, um, but we want to be making a difference, and I think that we find ourselves in a, in, a, in a very good position today in this competition where we can make a contribution and people are satisfied with us being here. And I think that's more important than being in a top competition where you're playing very few minutes um, and you're not being able to do your slave push or be an important player on the field as a leader. And I think we're able to achieve that here. Um, and we want to grow that. You know, we want to be dominant players here, not just making up numbers. And, uh, and again, if I look at the uh, coaching in the women's competition in, in Belgium in the honor division, they're very, very good coaches uh, that are coaching in, in this competition. You find a lot that some of the clubs are doing men and women. Uh, I think Briscata does that uh, with Philip and Rolo. Um, and they do both teams. Um, I know in Ghent you have uh, Pascal Kina, who's uh, overseeing Kevin um, as a high-performance director. And probably in other clubs, it's, it's quite similar. If you look at Watt Ducks, they've got a fantastic coach um, who's done amazing, amazing things with, with Watt Ducks. So if you look around, I think the, 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 the coaching uh, level in Belgium in the women's competition is incredibly high, in my opinion. And that's also a reason to be here, because I think that 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 builds something for our players, that they get a, a maximum benefit uh, from being here. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I see that the benefits for the, for the Canadian team. Do you think that the Belgian league is benefiting right now from the Canadian players playing in, uh, in the league? 
Well, I think the important point of departure is to look in where, where is, if we look at in terms of um, the ranking of Canada, the, the answer most probably would be to say no. But if we look at the real-term performance of the players that are playing and what their contribution is, um, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's pretty high. If I look at um, other countries, I don't want to mention which countries and which players are playing here. Um, and I think if we look at our level compared to the Belgium national team level, that's really important. Um, so I don't think we're too far off the Belgium national team in terms of what their level is. Um, and we'll see tomorrow we have a training game and we have another training game and on Thursday just to have a look and, and see where that is. Um, in, 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 on the physical side, um, I think technically they're further than us. Um, I think tactically, technically, I think there's a lot of similarity. Um, so I think that's really important because that's your base. Your base is your Belgium national players and that sets it. And then you look at which other countries are delivering players here to this competition that are ranked one, two or three. Not too many Dutch players are here. Um, I think we had one that normally when they finish playing, they come here. And that tends to be a, a little bit of a, um, a process, but that's not happening anymore. So Holland probably has, in my opinion, the best women's team in the world. Uh, qua players and qua nouveau to a depth yeah. um, under 21s and seniors. I think they can, yeah, what, what Alison is doing right now with the team, they, yeah. she, can, she, she selected 45 players. That's a tremendous luxury that I it's think no other country no, has. No one else has. And we played the under 21 team uh, last year. Uh, it's a very good team. And um, I think that team would do very well internationally. But so if I look at that, I don't think that we are dropping the level of the Belgium competition because I think our level is, is matching the international standard of the Belgium players, national players. And if I look at the progress we've made uh, from last year, 12 weeks, and this year, uh, the second half, in terms of the technical skills, uh, we're making big progress. So um, it's about time on task. It's about the number of balls that you're playing and training. We're doing technical training, so it's not intense. It's just purely technical, um, and we see huge progress. So, probably last year I would have said to you, I think we're a little bit below the level of Belgium, <laughs> the the national players. And this the, now at this particular point in time, I think that we are reaching a similar. I'm talking on the average. I'm not talking your special players, but on the average, I think we're not dropping the level, um, and I think in time we will we will increase it. I think the the key point is. The Canadians are extremely athletic. Um, so on that basis, I think we are above average. Okay, We have bring a higher tempo uh, and speed to uh, the league. And I think that's where the game's going. It's about specialist players and it's about speed. And if we can get it right tactically and technically, I think uh, make a difference. Yeah, there's, there's a saying in hockey. If you have a, uh, a great uh, drag flicker, a good, uh, <laughs> a good goalkeeper yeah. and a goal scorer, you're halfway. Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, uh, none of your goalkeepers is playing in the national in uh, in our league. Yeah, uh, no, we we have one in Holland, playing at, at Leiden. We have one playing here at Victory, and um, if you just look at the number of corners that Victory takes against them, and the number of goals that they don't concede, um, it's uh, Caitlin Williams. She's remarkable. She's had a fantastic season for Victory, and part of the reason of Victory's success is because, and I'm sure everybody in Victory would agree with that. So, and we have a third keeper who's, um, as I mentioned, is here, but not in a club because she came only in the second half. And she's training with different clubs: Dragon, 
um, I think she's um, and uh, yeah so for us it's important I do agree with you I think that's uh, the halfway there is um, and we have a few players in the in the competition that are up with the top goal scorers in this competition yeah, I think three three of your players are in the top ten of yeah goal scoring, so. which is which is important for us to be there uh, the, the the women are paying a uh, lot of cost themselves but who's funding all this because yeah it's it's not that cheap to to fly over to belgium a couple of times a year yeah. um, to stay here to eat to live sure so who's funding the program right now no we 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 don't have funding going in this year but we have uh, some private funders in other words we started a business club uh, last year and that business club is about people who want to support the dream of qualifying for tokyo Um, and we have six members of that that contribute uh, to, and that enables us to effectively be here um, at the moment in, in Belgium. And looking forward, obviously, we have some other initiatives out there with some different uh, sponsors for naming sponsors. And uh, we have a legacy fund, 94 Forward, which was the Commonwealth Games from 94. And, um, and we're in discussions with them, but there's some obstacles to overcome with Field Hockey Canada before they will consider us as a a candidate uh, to 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 fund are players being paid by clubs or is it just uh, no i think i think that um, some of the clubs are are contributing but i think the the the, the way it works in, in belgium is you you give training yeah you get paid and you get paid training, so yeah. i think there's a um, there's there's a there's a process that one follows for that um, which I think is, is good I think is the right way, right way to approach it and obviously they they receive accommodation there for us you know that's that's important for us because accommodation is is a big expense so they are based here with their clubs and as a result of them being here we're able to give we able to uh, conduct training because we don't have to ourselves as Canada let's say pay for for the accommodation because the clubs are providing that for their foreign players mm-hmm. okay thank you very much first thanks for your time Is the good old hockey game.